just you know watching it unfold it's it's one thing to know and it's another thing to to see it come to fruition now this morning about uh about 45 minutes ago nancy pelosi had a presser you should listen to this part of the press conference where the q a is tax returns will go before the grand jury before the election so are you disappointed that congress and the american public will not see these records almost certainly will not see well, thank you for that question because it takes me to what was really important about this decision. This isn't so much about the president's records, although we'd like to know, you know, how Russia funded his operation all those years. But that's not what was at stake. What was at stake is the president above the law. Is this court, a court friendly to the president, uh, going to rule in favor of the executive branch and say that there is no congressional oversight? undermining our system of checks and balances. So for us, that was what was important. And what is at stake is the system of checks and balances. As I say in my statement, the genius of the Constitution. If in fact, they would have ruled that he is above, not above the law. I mean, that he, that he can do whatever he wants without any oversight from Congress, that would have been a just devastating to tell you that it's true. You mean to say that he is above the law would have been devastating. Uh, sounds like she doesn't know what she's saying. And we would still fight it. We would still fight it because they would have abandoned both precedents and the rest uh, that has ruled in favor of Congress having oversight authority. However, they did not. And uh, the victory is for the Constitution of the United States. The process will take longer. But that's not what the the import what was truly important here. All I kept thinking is our founders did this magnificently, magnificently. The separation of uh, checks and balance, the separation of power, equal equal branches of government, and the court system. She's wearing the staff, by the way. Yes. Um, given the unemployment situation and the rise in cases in the past couple of days, uh, do you think it's possible to extend that unemployment benefit? separate from Heroes Act or some other package that you may have to work out before the end of the month? The uh, people ask me, is it possible that you could do the uh, state and local separately? Or uh, uh, acknowledging the horror of what's happening with the spike in the spikes in the uh, coronavirus, would you do that separately? They really are all connected. They are all of one piece. Uh, we will be working on, and our budget committee has has been making progress on this, on how we have stabilizers so that if you reach a certain uh, unemployment rate or whatever measure is appropriate to the action required, that it would automatically happen so that there's no doubt. Just so you know, prior to these uh, Q&A parts, uh, she mentioned that she's going to give trillions of dollars, trillions with a T, with a T, to people. And claiming that, you know, businesses are going to say, look, you're coming back to work. I'm not responsible for you anymore. So you can't claim unemployment uh, that President Trump said uh, is un-American. She said, she said, it's not right. 
People deserve to be protected. They shouldn't be out when a disease is so bad. Now, like we said here in March, before everything was shut down, before it got crazy, right? And those on my subscribe star got it earlier than most. Uh, this is a very highly specific virus, specific to certain cohorts that have received uh, the vaccine. Uh, the vaccines uh, for influenza A and B and for our elderly in the pneumonia vaccine. So it's highly specific. I'm not saying that this virus isn't real. It's just not what they're telling you. Because it can, uh, as analyzing the information and the genetic code, uh, you would say the RNA code that I've seen, it has uh, marker seekers uh, because it has been seen together. So it is very deadly, but highly specific. I repeat, highly specific. Yet they want to terrorize the rest of the world with the few that were in this cohort, which they know is the most um, uh, vulnerable part of our community where they get free health care, right? This is why they said, oh, the, remember when they said coronavirus was a uh, deadly uh, for black Americans. That's all you need to remember. Uh, but this unemployment insurance uncertainty is devastating uh, to families. So the, 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 I don't know, you know, I don't know if, if that's the easiest thing. I don't know that they support unemployment insurance, but I do think that they will eventually support state and local government. And they're going to have to come around to something on uh, COVID. By the way, much of what we have on these testing, tracing, treatment, et cetera, relates to addressing the disparities uh, in our community, how low-income families and people of color uh, suffer in a disproportionate way uh, because of their predisposition to it, because of their lack of access to testing early enough and the rest. So every piece of it is critically important, and there's no reason why we shouldn't should we just ignore testing and let this thing go? Should we just say to state and local, too bad, fire people, uh, fire people, diminish services to your uh, populations and also raise taxes? I mean, this is a very well thought out uh, initiative and it's all connected. Open up the economy, test, treat the people, honor our heroes. It's all connected. Any other women who have a question? Yeah. Women? Yeah. Here. <laughs> Did you hear that? Any other women that have a question? So now there's sexual discrimination on who can ask her questions? Are you getting it? Uh, thank you, Madam Speaker. Um, so you were just talking about congressional oversight. So my question is about um, the United States' control from the World Health Organization. Um, since you mentioned that um, the fund from the organization would be illegal. Were House Democrats planning to take any action? She said that defunding the WHO and not giving them half a trillion and then some, uh, you know, of uh, money, of our money, is illegal. Did you hear that? This is the lady in the staff talking, okay? Of having, putting together our appropriations bill now, uh, I think that the president's withdrawal from WHO is senseless. Uh, it's not only about the coronavirus, it's about polio, it's about other uh, uh, afflictions, diseases, diagnoses uh, that we have worked together to try to eliminate or 
uh, diminish. So I think it senses, as you know, uh, it doesn't become effective until next summer, 2021, I think it is July. Uh, we'll be addressing it in our appropriations bill uh, that is being written this week and next to counter that. Yes, sir. Speaker Pelosi. On Tuesday, the HHS appropriations markup, Congressman Cole criticized the fiscal spending year or mm -hmm. next spending bill for forcing family planning guarantees to provide information on abortion to all pregnant women they serve, regardless of their religious belief. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Wow. Doesn't it seem like the mainstream media have set questions on gaslighting, which, by the way, is a minority? I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. I, I, I don't know what he said about it, but when I see it, I'll let you know what I think of it. There's also a push to be able to uh, take out uh, the Hyde Amendment. Well, let me just say this about the Hyde Amendment. For 40 years, since I was like, not even in Congress, I have been dismayed by the injustice of the Hyde Amendment. It just discriminates against poor women, and largely they are women of color. And so uh, I don't know if that relates to that. I don't, I don't know what that is. I, I don't, I, I don't think that it's in the bill. I, I, I don't. You, you don't have it's to. It's not in this bill, but there was a push to possibly remove the Hyde Amendment in the coming spending bills in the years to come. Well, what are we talking about the years to come? I myself would like to see it gone. Gone. I think it's gravely unjust. But it's. Do you see how they tell them what they want them to do? So in the spending bill, they wanted to include removing the Hyde Amendment. So you're either doing spending or you're doing the Hyde Amendment. You can't do everything right at once, which is what the Democrats want. Uh, you want money for people? Well, this is how it's going to go. You're going to extend the sunset clause. Or you want money? Well, you need to give illegal migrants citizenship. They throw in so many things within their bills. And, and the worst part about it is kind of like what I talked about yesterday, that most of the people in the House and Senate don't even read them. They rely on staffers that are paid by the other side or whoever has interests, right? And they just vote accordingly. They don't do their job. Listen, like I said, you do not have to be anyone special to run for office. You don't have to be a businessman. You don't have to be a lawyer. There's no prerequisite of you being the voice of the people. But once you're in there, you need to do your job. Now, if you're a guy or a gal that doesn't understand all this legal jargon, what do you do? When you create your staff, you bring people on that are experts in that, that you trust, that you vetted yourself, not, you know, hey, you know, this guy that's been in the Senate for 10 years, you know, for two terms, 12 years, uh, told me that this person is great. No, you don't do that. That's not what you do. And when someone's been in there for 12 years, they need to go. Do your term and go. Let the people have different voices in there. Now, uh, one great thing is, and I like this, is that people that run for Senate, I would love to see as congressmen or congresswomen first. That way they prove who they are before they get the six-year term. Because the Senate is very important. Very important. They do the confirmations. They're the roadblock for the House when it goes nuts. So um, I just wanted to show, for those that are listening, that was actually from July 9th, 2020. Very important, Joe. Just like all these that are saved are highly specific. Highly specific. 
And I think it's time we watch this. Welcome everyone to a special segment of uh, Tori Says. I have an article that I'm that I'm just publishing that um, I want to walk you guys through because I want to show you a timeline. Uh, the article's name is Breaking FBI Paid CrowdStrike for DNC Server Work. Yes, the FBI had paid CrowdStrike. I found the receipt number. It's PIDDDJF1512000 PAPA007649. Here is uh, the receipt. The link is there, so you can go see it on the federal database. They had hired CrowdStrike. They hired CrowdStrike um, on July uh, on July um, 8th, 2015, and payment was released on July 7, 2016. That's only two days after FBI Director Comey exonerated Hillary Clinton. Now, the one question that we all ask is why the FBI never got their hands on the DNC and RNC servers that were allegedly hacked. I believe it's not a hack because... Okay, so this is from July 19th, 2020. It is the typical MO of the way uh, this fourth unelected branch of government works. Now, in this article, you're going to realize that CrowdStrike was not only partnering with the FBI to help them exonerate Hillary Clinton. Their job in that scope of work that they did was to locate um, her emails that were still living on some other server that is of public interest that could be subpoenaed and looked at and to trace back and try to figure out who was the one that had tipped off Congress by evaluating all the information they had. Now, it just so happened that both the DNC and the RNC hired CrowdStrike because of this alleged hack. Now, think of it this way. If you have a server that's a federal government server, you can't access that server and delete information without getting caught. There's going to be a fingerprint. But if you allege a hack, you can go in there and make it look like anything happened. And we all know that the report from CrowdStrike was riddled with BS. I mean, the code was completely Chinese, made to look Russian. It was a complete hoax because their job was to go in there and eradicate any footprints. So the FBI never asked for it and where it is. Now, many people will say, well, they said it was a Russia hack. Well, listen, if, you're, if you get hacked and you have no idea who did it, and it wasn't a hack, you know, then you're going to blame someone because then if it's an enemy, which is Russia, they would never blame China, right? But Russia, um, they can then say if Russia, if any of that came out, they'd be like, oh, they're a Russian agent and they made that up. We never made an agreement with this country. We never negotiated with terrorists in Lebanon. We never negotiated with terrorists in Libya. We never had agreements with, you know, Iraqi insurgents. We never exchanged people for money with the cartels, you know, all that stuff. Oh, it's just manufactured. Don't look at it. Because that's the type of stuff and deals that were done. And so the FBI didn't tell us they hired CrowdStrike. Why? Conflict of interest, maybe? Or maybe that that contract where they hired CrowdStrike to find her emails and delete them, Peter Strzok was on that and was also on the mid-year exam and was also <laughs> on everything, on the DNC hack too, which is incredible. He was everywhere because Peter Strzok was a CIA asset for John Brennan. Imagine how many more of those are sitting within our FBI, within other agencies right now. You know, there's a lot of them.
So they didn't come clean. There were no checks and balances because the same company across the board, no Chinese walls per se, as they say, uh, you know, in law firms, right? No Chinese walls. And, you know, Strzok was actually grooming the IT director of the DNC to hand over access. And he was trying to create the storyline of a hack because they needed to get in there. See, they realized that some of those emails trace back to people that were within the DNC, DCCC, RNC. Yep, Ron, I'm talking to you. All these people uh, had emails from Hillary Clinton at some point in time. So what they need, and you know, there were a lot of McCain emails. There were a lot of Lindsey Graham emails. You know, this article tells you, walks you through it. But I want you to see the bigger picture. And the bigger picture comes not just from the interview transcript, which pretty much shows you without a doubt that the FBI was grooming this, you know, multi-named, you know, IT director, but you're going to see where it all started. And this is what they did to hide the truth. Walking you through from 2012, the first thing that should ring an alarm is that Congress received information from an anonymous source that Hillary Clinton was using private emails uh, and server for official use, Benghazi. The reason I say this is, I want you to know, a lot of people think that in this day and age, there are protections. Now, if we're being monitored, then so are they. But here's the thing, just because you're able to uh, access information, like for example, if I was able to access information that showed, uh, you know, criminality, right, by um, individuals within the government, if I did that without permission, without having me to know, I can go to jail because that's a violation of my oath. But it's, it, but keep in mind, if I was assigned to go and retrieve information, look at information, parse information, peruse information, and I find evidence of a crime, it is not a crime to report a crime. Now, one might say, well, we have inspector general set up. Stop. We already know how that works. And, you know, nine times out of 10, the people that actually give uh, such information to people in Congress or the Senate or trustworthy generals like, you know, General Flynn or something um, are people who are contractors and are not afforded rights of whistleblowing protection. Uh, Patrick Berge, the creator of ShadowNet, uh, asked for whistleblower protections and he was not afforded them because he was a contractor. And I've spoken about contractors. I've explained to you why they use them. This is how they remove liability from the actions being done. Now, in my article, I go on to describe how you yourself can identify uh, certain codes that they use, like the number 130, which means inside job on a public forum. It's time to take our numbers back, hence why we're doing this on the 19th. So I knew that they had hired CrowdStrike. I've been kind of inching in saying it, but I never had the receipt. So since I found the receipt, God bless America for updating records, I guess. I don't know. I thought I'd talk about it. Now, not only that, if you put that hand in hand with the testimony of the DNC IT director, 
you'll just see how elaborate their cover-up is. And you can see it through this timeline. Look, the, the Congress relieves a tip, reveals, uh, receives the tip. Um, no one knew about it, though. November, Hillary Clinton changes to a Google server. December, congressional investigators ask her, do you use private emails? Right, so she changed it right before they asked her, so she knew. In March of 2013, Brennan was sworn in as a CIA director. Then Gawker releases an article saying that some guy named Guccifer had her emails. And so then we go to March here and Brennan starts to secretly spy on Congress because he wants to find out who this person is, right? So then we go to July and she changes her server again. So then in 2014, and this is important, remember, she changed her server in 2013 again. So all of this is gone because even in Comey's statement that I've linked up in my article, you're going to see that he doesn't talk about before July 2014. So April, Flynn is forced to retire over collections, uh, you know, on all presidential candidates begin. And then the OPM alleged hack that was used to be able to give that all that information and data to uh, General Hayden and General Jones through Clearforce so they can crunch it out and see who may or may not have been responsible for this and um, figure it out. But, you know, when it's um, filed under um, the, um, a specific clause, right? There's a specific clause within the government um, which allows the government to hide things forever. It's called state secret privilege. The minute something file is filed under there, it means, oh, it's buried and it's forgotten forever. I'll tell you what, nine times out of 10, if it's sealed under there, it's bleached, eradicated, obliterated, uh, you know, manufactured, falsified. That's how they get rid of stuff. 2015, Hillary Clinton ignored questions from Congress email in 2012, right here, right? She ignored that. Whoop. IG of the State Department suddenly comes to the forefront. You know, the loser, Linick, that finally got fired, that I've been crying about for so long. Why is he still there? He asked to create a secret separate server. And then he was responsible to release all her emails, but he said he needed time up until January 2016, slowly. You know, just enough time for the FBI to mitigate because that's where the FBI had hired CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike was hired to find all these and get rid of them. And that same year, um, you know, in 2015, Clinton apologized. Then she agreed to turn over her thumb drive and her server, which one? Then she, uh, you know, did all these things. Oh, you know, she, first she's like, I didn't send any classified. She did. And then she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Then on September 8th, <laughs> John Brennan gets in contact with his favorite FBI agent. We all know who that is. Um, that's actually a CIA asset to reach out to the DNC and begin rapport with the DNC IT director. So they had multiple, multiple phone calls. So John McCain also reached out to his RNC um, contact uh, to and asked him to provide him access to specific emails and, and headers of emails um, that he requested. Now, November 15th, uh, the conversation around that time, uh, the FBI agent told the DNI's, uh, DNC's IT director that, oh, Russians are involved. But not state sponsor, he just said Russians, right? He was telling him, oh, you're going to see these phishing emails. Oh, you're going to see someone coming in and hacking into the emails and like deleting stuff. So he was getting him ready. He was telling him what he was going to see, 
right? You're going to see this. And the guy couldn't see anything. Like he searched and searched and searched, couldn't find anything. Now, in December of 2015, coincidentally, the DNC finally gets a new firewall, which means all the logs and stuff are now gone. <laughs> so then we go to um, uh, January of 2016, the FBI agent asked the IT director to look for specific indicators. Um, you know, then... Um, uh, we had, uh, well, this one is wrong. I'm going to edit it. It's January, the first meeting. But the DNC IT guy couldn't find anything again that the FBI claimed, even with like, here, look for this backslash, blah, blah, blah. You know, he looked and looked and couldn't find anything. The RNC server was image, imaged in February. Um, and so was the DNC server. It was imaged without the IT director's knowledge, obviously. And that happened when the two FBI agents turned up. Just saying. Um, so in March, uh, the FBI agent that was involved in the DNC grooming of this IT director saying, oh, we're just looking for emails that are hacks, meets with Sussman, who was, by the way, Hillary Clinton and the DNC's lawyers, just so you know. And they meet and discuss the DNC server and supposedly mid-year exam emails, you know, planning it out, basically. So in March, it was determined by CrowdStrike that, hey, uh, someone used something called Chinese tech. It was not. It's, it's similar, but it's not. It's Dooku. It's like Dukes, they call it, right? It's like uploading data to an unknown location that's being extracted. So if I give you like a USB drive, you know, there's software in the USB drive that allows the computer to recognize that it's a USB drive so you can load stuff on there, right? So just think of it that way. That goes for high-capacity hard drives, high-capacity SD, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, it means that the government device that they used to image the server had malware in it. And the way this works is, you know, you load all these files in and then, you know, I, I give you the USB key and it's loaded with this data. And the minute, um, you know, you get to your computer and you put it in and start extracting or opening files or copying files, whatever you're doing, that's already working. It's connected to the internet and it's uploading everything. So it has already unloaded the data on your computer, put it in there in a corner and it's sending it in packets as it can. Huge, massive upload that could take days to upload, just so you know. So they determined that there was this malware when they did this. Um, so in March, we also had that Ted Cruz and President Trump were the favors and, you know, they were leading in the polls. So entrapment started. So they were investigating Ted Cruz because there's FISA warrants on Ted Cruz too and others, uh, just so you know. Um, well, it's just Ted Cruz, I think. And um, uh, they were they were looking at Marco. He's like one of them. So, I mean, I don't even know why they were looking at him. But anyway, um, so they started this whole trying to plant things because now they didn't know who had this information where it went, they needed to find out. So they started sending spies into all campaigns because they were like, holy crap, if you know this gets out and one of these candidates gets it, you know, they're gonna use it against us. This is blackmail. And I want you to think about it, okay, for a second. Google, you know, well, Silicon Valley, all of them. Imagine how much blackmail they have on all these clowns. Imagine. Imagine. Imagination. Just think about it. So anyway, so we go here where we're in March of 2016. They're starting to do plans. They're starting to do things. And then, you know, they hire at the beginning of April, they hire 
CrowdStrike. So um, CrowdStrike comes into the scene and then just as CrowdStrike comes into the scene to supposedly assist in helping locate what the FBI was telling the DNCIT director, but he couldn't see any of it, right? The FBI slams them with like a request, hey, we need all these logs. So what do they do? They call in the lawyer of the DNC, Sussman. Sussman's like, yeah, we're totally going to give it to them. Maybe you should partner with CrowdStrike and they'll help you. So they start, you know, collecting because they know over days they're going to be uploading a lot of information to a secure, you know, cloud where to a secure cloud where the FBI will download it with a special key. Now, uh, about a day or two into that uploading this information for the FBI, you know, the uh, DNC IT director is totally looking at, you know, what's going on uh, in the DNC. Like he's just paying attention and suddenly he sees people hacking emails. Oh my gosh, what is the coincidence of that? Who is logging on, deleting emails and doing things? And he panicked. He got his whole team. We got to find it. But it was someone anonymous hacking. So the anonymous person was hacking when they knew he was on 24-7 monitoring because he was sending secure information to the FBI. Total coincidence. Okay. So <laughs> they completed the transmission on April 30th. In May, Plaid River Networks actually imaged the DNC server um, publicly, right? And then CrowdStrike took control of the server data and said that there was a Stuxnet type infiltration, an APT cyber attacks. Now, Stuxnet was something that was created by contractors back in the early 2000s under Bush. And I know they love to call it Russian, but it's totally not. Uh, it's part of Project Olympic Games. Uh -huh. Get it? And that evolved into D-U-Q-U. <sighs> so they say that's what happened. So then, um, you know, the... Then they figure out that um, they got confirmation that uh, they were able to finally track that the imaging device that was used by them, by the FBI or CrowdStrike, whoever entered and imaged them, like Seth Rich, I don't know. Um, that imaging device actually uploaded all that data over a period of a couple of days. I think... Um, okay, I'm not going to say, um, to a forum, like, you know, like a forum where people post, like you chat and it's like posting stuff and whatever. And they knew that it was ripped. So they traced it back to this anonymous board um, from some tracers that were on things. So now we go to June, CrowdStrike had already eliminated, bleached, assessed the DNC server, RNC server. They deleted all the emails they were hired to do. And they also gave... Uh, you know, a report that the FBI so nicely took in where they use Chinese code and they, you know, to mimic Russian code and made claims that Russia hacked the servers because there are um, programs like that. And it was so sloppy too, because you could totally see the scene. But anyway, so then in July, CrowdStrike was paid $150,000 by the FBI two days after Comey made an announcement that Hillary Clinton is not going to be prosecuted. She was just um, really careless. And they got a couple millions from Perkins Coy, Hillary from America, the DNC, Fusion GPS, and Penn Quarterly Group. Interesting. Isn't it interesting how they failed to mention that they had hired CrowdStrike? 
why would they fail to mention they hired CrowdStrike? Well, you know, it would mean that the DNC and the RNC could not hire CrowdStrike either. It's like having the same company check its work and cover for it. Come on. So I hope you enjoy this. Uh, this is pretty groundbreaking because now we see that the FBI literally paid CrowdStrike and they called it an urgent critical component that was necessary. So they didn't tell us. I have put in here the transcript that clearly tells you how, you know, this gentleman had no idea. They wouldn't show him an IP address, you know, web domain, nothing. They were just dogging him around to groom him. I mean, this is typical MO of how Brennan operates. This was a beautiful plan put together and they all work together. And again, this wasn't just about President Trump. See, this was to obfuscate her emails, locate who the leaker was in their eyes, right? Was a leaker. Um, I mean, if you gave someone permission to access it and you committed a crime, it's all your fault. But um, the, the byproduct was creating the enemy in case the information came out, right? Oh, Russia just made that up. That's all fake. We can't trust Russia, right? But what they did was they pinned it on President Trump because they realized that he knew all their dirty laundry and he knew about them spying and he knew about all this. So then they were like, oh my gosh, he's in bed with the group of people that did, let me go back to it, that did all this. Like the people that did all this, he's he's getting information from them. He's got everything. And at that point, I'll let you read the article and peruse it. Because, you know, this timeline is only about the DNC. There's a lot more happening here um, than uh, what I've put in. I actually saw a mistake. Where is it? That one. It was January. See, So my article is going up, but I wanted you guys uh, to walk through this. I will link the video in the article as well. So now we want to find out what did they hire CrowdStrike to do? And I can tell you that CrowdStrike was hired to do just this. On that note... God bless everyone. Happy Sunday. I will All right, guys. So that was from July 19th, 2020. And the reason I played it is because it's important that we revisit past information to understand what's happening now. And that was just going to show you that there is a timeline and the people that the president, they assumed, was in bed with were the people that ratted out the whole Benghazi stuff. Remember, it's not the CIA assets that are the ones making moves, right? It's usually the ones in the State Department. It's the foreign service officers and the contractors. Now, speaking of going back in time, let's go to June 26, 2019. 2019. Listen to this. This is going to tell you what you need to know.
get that we are in control. That is the thing. So we have a lot of class action lawsuits. When is it actually going to be something that is effective, you guys? When is it that it's going to be effective when we can determine who wrote that first censorship algorithm? That is the key. Who piloted that censorship algorithm? Who instructed them to create that censorship algorithm? I'll tell you who did. Remember when I talked about Snowden? Remember how he was tasked to take one of the most secret algorithms we have to um, obfuscate information that was being on the 72-hour up, upstream a hold of the NSA? Do you remember that? Okay, that is key. So who instructed him to do it? Yep, Barack Hussein Obama. What happened? Why did he do this? How did he do this? Where was he before he joined the clown agency? What happened? What happened in the media? What changed? That's what you have to think of. What actually changed the way the media responds? You know, Cernovich tweeted out, and I like Mike Cernovich. I know he doesn't say things that I align with all the time, but I absolutely adore his mind. He said, Oh, wow, look, Notre Dame burned down. Uh, still don't know the cause. And I responded, you're waiting for Notre Dame right now? That's kind of soon. We're still waiting on Las Vegas. That's what changed. That's where Laura Loomer was targeted. That's where Matt Couch was targeted. That's where everybody and their mother who had a voice and provoked was targeted. Do you guys remember Laura Loomer at the, um, at the press conference? She had them change the timeline of the event on the spot because she had evidence. This is where the turning point was. And the deployment happened in December of 2017, right after the Las Vegas shootings. People need to be paying attention. And it wasn't only activated through the mainstream media. It wasn't only activated through the federal channels of the clown agency. It was activated on city and state levels to eradicate anyone that lifts their heads. There was this comic that I saw going around Twitter. I'll try to find it and tweet it out years ago where it showed heads in the ground, you know, kind of sprouting up as if they're grass and some guy with a lawnmower chopping off the heads that pop up out of the ground. That is exactly what is happening. That is how they control you. So you have to ask yourself, who started this algorithm? Who pushed it? If we all go back, think, 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 think. If we all go back to WikiLeaks, think of Vault 7. Have you read that? Have you ever looked into those files? Those are the files that told us how the clown agency can create tags and stickers, I would say. Because I call them stickers when you change the code. You kind of like stick it on to make it look like it's coming from another country. This is where we base the whole CrowdStrike BS report that Russians, you know, image the, um, uh, you know, DNC server and got the Podesta emails, et cetera, et cetera. This is where it comes into play, guys. Pay attention. Vault 7. So what you have to understand is the fiddler on the roof, basically, you guys. It's one certain way that the IC communities supposed to execute. And that is infiltrate, centralize, secure, expose to harm. That is how it goes. It's 
in our face, you guys. You have to look. Now, no matter how many times I had repeated that, that's 2019. So for all the haters out there that want to talk smack, I mean, I, I want you to tell me how I knew this, and I'm going to replay this part. Okay, I'm replaying this part. Listen carefully to what I said. Standing up for them because we forget just how powerful we are. We forget that we are in control. That is the thing. So we have a lot of class action lawsuits. When is it actually going to be something that is effective, you guys? When is it that it's going to be effective when we can determine who wrote that first censorship algorithm? That is the key. Who piloted that censorship algorithm who instructed them to create that censorship algorithm. I'll tell you who did. Remember when I talked about Snowden? Remember how he was tasked to take one of the most secret algorithms we have to um, obfuscate information that was being on the 72-hour up, upstream a hold of the NSA? Do you remember that? Okay, that is key. So who instructed him to do it? Yep, Barack Hussein Obama. Now, what did President Trump tell you after he filed his lawsuit? I could tell you what, but Obama's not going to be happy. Didn't he say that? Didn't he say that? See, it takes a lot of time. Justice never comes in a Ferrari. It always rides on a damn donkey, doesn't it? That's the problem. And um, this is why I have this uh, website. Let me share it with you. There's a website I have. It's called uh, impeach44.com. That's right, impeach44.com. You can go to it, impeach44.com. So, Justice always comes in on a donkey, just like good. Good is always late to the party. Evil loves to be at the top of the line. Evil loves to be first at everything. Evil loves to be at the top of the hill, right? Good's like, yeah, I'm going to get there anyway. I don't have to run because I already know where my destination is. See, that's how truth works. It doesn't need to run to the top. I mean, it would be so much better for mankind if truth was, uh, you know, taken to the top and propelled. But I mean, what? So I thought it would be a, a kind of fun for people to turn to the past to see what to make of the future. I mean, it's so confusing, isn't it? It is very confusing. And and I can completely understand why people don't have faith. I mean, look at the people that you've been following. The media that's supposed to be telling you the truth. Have they been telling you the truth? It's so weird. So weird, right? It's, it is really weird. You want to see something else that's weird? So while I got a lot of hate from people about my um, Tucker article, right? kind of seems like I was 100% right. Because, see, when there's an ongoing investigation where the FBI has a lot of crap that they need to be looking into, and you seem to drop in talking about offering assistance and covering some shit up, I don't know, like 
some fraud or something. It's just, just saying like, this is just hypothetically speaking, of course, then you could be in trouble. And the truth is that you may not be in trouble if you come clean by yourself always, because there's always an explanation, isn't there? There's an explanation all the time. Sometimes how you get, you know, uh, pocketed together with really bad things. There's always a reason. Oh, wait, don't bundle me in there because you know, that's not the truth. Here's how it really happened. Don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Wait a minute. Well, I'd like you to hear it for yourselves. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, it's, you don't go on TV <laughs> lightly you. to say the government is spying on me because you sound like a crazy person. And of course, you would never say that unless you knew that it was true. And I did know that it was true almost accidentally. I was in Washington for a funeral uh, last week and ran into someone I know well who said, I have a message for you. And then proceeded to repeat back to me details from emails and texts that I sent and had told no one else about. Um, so it was verified. And this person said, look, the, you know, the, the NSA has this. And that was proven by the person repeating back the contents of the email and is going to use it against you. Now, to be totally blunt with you, I would never have said this in public if it was something I felt was wrong or illegal or immoral. They don't actually have anything on me, but they do have my email. So I knew they were spying on me. And, and again, to be totally blunt with you, as a defensive move, I thought I better say this out loud because I have no I have no other way to defend myself. I'm just an American citizen. I don't have, you know, any position of official authority, but I do have a megaphone. So I should say this out loud. And I did. And the NSA didn't deny it. Then yesterday I learned that and this is going to come out soon that the NSA leaked the contents of my email to journalists in an effort to discredit me. I know because I got a call from one of them saying, oh, this is what your email was about. So it is not in any way a figment of my imagination. It's confirmed. It's true. They're not allowed to spy on American citizens. They are. I think more ominously, they're using the information they gather to put leverage and to threaten opposition journalists, people who criticize the Biden administration. It's happening to me right now. And I think it's shocking. So, whoa, that kind of sounds really, really stop, right? Kind of sounds like exactly what I was saying when I said, dear Tucker, let's, let's visit that article for a second. I think it's important we visit that article for a second. Don't you guys think? Because I think it's really important that we read this out. So we just say, look, you know, and, and then we need to check the dates on it because, you know, apparently I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I obviously have no clue. It's not like I saw it coming, just like I didn't see the Britney Spears things coming, just like I didn't see this coming, just like I didn't see that coming. Because, you know, trust me, I look like a, you know, walking dildo and I know what I'm talking about. Trust me, because I've got these red boxes on post who I don't know who's, who the fuck is posting it? Oh, you don't know. All right. So let's all do a little bit of a, oh, I feel it's... I feel a song coming on. Are you guys feeling a song coming on? I'm feeling a song coming on. Let me let me put a nice song on. It's a really, really good song. Mm. We need to do that. We definitely need to do that. It's, it's, it's song time. Don't you guys think we need a song for this? Because we need to do what? We need to go back in time. But there's a new term for that. What's it called? Everyone, thank you for joining us. Um, I often note I'm going to circle back. I hate to disappoint conservative Twitter, but I am going to circle back on a number of things, as we often do directly. 
I have not had the opportunity to dig into that. I'll circle back. It was a massive dump to this day. Everyone tried to figure out where did it come from. I'm not aware of anything, but uh, we'll circle back. As I'm on myself, I want to know all the details. I have to circle back. Come on, man. You know what I mean? I will venture to get you an answer on that, and maybe we can talk about it in full circle back. I will have to circle back on that one. But uh, we'll, ha- we'll circle back. But I will have to circle back with you. Let me give you a very specific example. I'll circle back. Circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Circle back. Circle back. That's an excellent question. Circle back. Circle back. I hate to disappoint you, but we will venture to circle back. This president knew back in January. Why didn't he tell us? Why did he warn us? There are a number of ways to combat misinformation. One of them is circle back. You told us that Trump was invincible. He killed us in a prison, right? I don't really have any predictions for you on that. I can circle back. <laughs> um, let me see if I can get more detail for you on that. Circle back. I signed something saying that if I'm not, I can go to prison. Did you? We'll try to get to as many questions as possible. I'll circle back. I don't have anything more for you. And that communication has been lacking. Well, uh, as, as you know, let me give you a very specific example. I'll circle back. Circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Circle back. Circle back. That's an excellent question. Circle back. Circle back. I hate to disappoint you, but we will venture to circle back with all of you. What the fuck? Yeah, okay. So, one thing that Saki in her Circle Back remix said is to, to battle misinformation, we must circle back. So this is why we're circling back, you guys. We're circling back to battle misinformation. You see how that works? Kind of does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Let's let's circle back <laughs> because you know Tori's just a shill and she's great at just you know searching things. <laughs> so let's take a see. This is the way truth works, and you know what I can't stand is that people are like, "Oh, you're not humble," and it's like, "No, bitches, I'm showing you where the truth is, and that every single person has been lying to you, every single one, and their intent as to why they have been lying to you." could be simply that, uh, you know, they wanted to be first on things or they wanted to make money or they're just working for the other side and wanted to, like I said, (laughs) long, long time ago, once upon a time, there will be so many, so many people that will be hanging their heads down in shame for attacking real patriots. Now, here's the article, May 24th. 2021. Really? I have ads on my page. Are you kidding? I need to fix that. Okay, here we go. Dear Tucker Carlson, it's no secret that the deep state isn't what you think. It's deeper. I work with and for the big boys, the ones that tell generals around the world what to do. They create, end, and choreograph many wars and start rumors of wars. I was the best at what I did, and I am still the best, even without keyholes. There are possibly text, emails, call records, and pictures of me. I own that. So should you. When you decide to be on the side of the people, you own it, or else you are controlled opposition. Tucker, 
I adore your commentary, but I loathe anyone playing cover for them. I never meant to set the world on fire, and I could have started with the fake posers at Fox and Posobiec on OAN, the decoding gang and the wannabe journalists, but I chose you. You are causing more damage than all of them put together. This is not to target you, Tucker, but to shine light and help you own it. Someone has to tell the truth. Let it be me who had spent an eternity in disguise and lies. And as Newsweek so eloquently put it, people like me don't exist. Hashtag deep black budgets. I own my connections and actions. I own my ignorance, blind spots, and mistakes. They're badges. The fact that you portrayed Hunter's assistant as a floozy was a red flag. Therefore, it was time to put feet to the fire and ask for answers to destroy their setup to watch you burn. You may have forgotten the incident or thought the emails were gone, but we have it all, not just Hunter's. So here are the emails between Tucker and Hunter. This had to do with some fraud that Finney was involved in. And he was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, uh, all this, you know, was on your network and you better stop it. So I said, for the rest of the media, the New York Times, to losers in foxholes, I can drop a journal gate, but I won't. Redemption is beautiful. And I still have faith in humanity. Do the right thing, own your actions, or someone else will force you in the public eye. Truth is like free speech. It's messy, but it's honest. That was mine on May 24th. And it's so weird that, you know, it's all coming out now. But, you know, uh, you know, people like me don't exist. And all of these people are really smart and, you know, know their stuff. Apparently not good enough because there's people out there that will control you more than anything. And you guys know, I freaking love Tucker Carlson. Why? Because unlike his legacy, right, before him, he's actually quite true to himself. It's kind of the way I like Cernovich. He's like the person I love, I, I love because he's so like, he doesn't go anywhere. He just sits in the middle and doesn't give a fuck. Honestly, this is how I feel about him. I don't like what he does. I don't like the way he is, but I like him because he owns himself. He doesn't care. Tucker's the same way in a sense, hoping that things would go away, but they didn't. And now here's what he had to say. And I feel bad, but I'm glad that he's having this conversation. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Last week, last Monday, we told you that the Biden administration's largest intelligence gathering agency, the NSA, had been reading my private emails. Even saying that out loud is weird. It's one of those segments we never thought we would do ever. But the country has changed that much that fast. And honestly, the whole thing was kind of shocking. The government was spying on us. Come on. It seemed crazy. But it's true. And no one in Washington appeared to be shocked in the slightest. In fact, the usual shills right after our segment had a ready explanation for it. Either it never happened at all, they said, just a cable news show lying for ratings, or there must have been a good reason it happened. And they began furiously making excuses for why the NSA did it. A powerful, heavily politicized spy agency surveilling journalists who've been critical of the regime? No problem. It's perfectly normal. But here's the thing. <laughs> 
they weren't looking at his emails and his texts and his phone calls because he's the target. Okay. So here's how it goes. Let's allege that I'm under surveillance, which I always have to assume. They can see whatever they want. As long as, as long as I don't, I haven't done something illegal that they can act on, I'm safe. So this is, this goes back to the deep seated arguments of, well, if I'm not doing anything wrong, what do I care? Well, I do care. I don't need you up in my business. But when you are looking at someone else and I happen to be communicating with them, there's a lot of people that were rolled up by the FBI, people that are dead that I've been associated with. You know, obviously, you know, there's going to be communication. They're going to be like, well, let's check out Tori's communication with that person and see if there was anything there. Uh, you know, does she have anything to do with that? Like, for example, you know, um, you know, you're, you're texting with your friend and then the next day he blows his head off. Right. Just an example, random. Obviously, if they think that the blowing of the head off wasn't suicide and it was murder and you were texting with them, uh, they're going to be looking at all your texts. They're going to get uh, pen registers to look at all your emails to see if you had any causation or any association with his murder. But while they're looking at your emails and texts and whatever, if they find something, you know, that's pretty, uh, oh, well, what's this, right? Then they could roll you up for that or open up an investigation later on that. Depending on the severity, if it's like, yo, I went into Walgreens, stole a lipstick. They're going to be like, okay, whatever, fuck it. It's a lipstick. But if they're like, yo, I rolled up into Langley, popped a hard drive with a bunch of documents and then passed it on to some Chinese guy, yo, that's a crime and you're being rolled up instantly. Questions later. So this is how it works. When you're under surveillance, you're under surveillance. Now, the thing is, with the stuff on Hunter Biden's laptop didn't seem that bad. I mean, it showed that he had a relationship with the Bidens, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of people that have relationships with the Bidens, okay? Whatever. Um, but, you know, maybe they looked into other emails that were sent with somebody else that connected indirectly with something else that they're looking at. And this is where it goes into it. Now, I have also told you how they can manufacture information, meaning they can plant shit on you and you can't do shit about it because they can manipulate the data, hence because they control the data. So they can make anything look like anything they want as long as they want to put you in a box. They could, for example, see that three years ago you sent an email to your friend with that email that they're monitoring just in case that other friend that was murdered, if you have anyone, that you stole a lipstick. And let's say they're like, you know what? That dude is causing a lot of trouble. Let's get him on that lipstick. Can we like pinpoint it? Do you think we can find footage? Let's get him. So there's little things like that that people worry about. So this is what's important. Now, it is also important to understand that huh, people are now coming to realization that it's not about 
your privacy. Okay, when there's a FISA warrant or any warrant and they're looking to see for some specific crime that they can get you on other crimes because it goes, let's pretend, okay, through that email chain, Hunter and, 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 and Tucker were talking in that I'm CC'd on that email, right? Let's pretend I was CC'd on that email. Let's pretend, okay, that's not true, but let's pretend then they would be looking at that email address where I was CC'd to see if there's anything else, you know, coming up for that, you know, in regards to that. But let's pretend that in that CC that that, that they followed back to see if I had anything to do with Vinny's $100,000 credit card fraud that she got away with, whereas any one of us would be locked up for a dollar credit card fraud, right? Uh, so they, they, they take that and they find that, you know, maybe, I don't know, I did something in Haiti uh, where, um, like, for example, I um, caused chaos and didn't want to fix it. I was causing more so that I can get more. And that's a crime. And that's separate to what they were looking at, but that's a grave crime. So then they open up a file for that. And then whoever I emailed uh, about that Haiti stuff will go to, like, three people, those three people might've talked about Haiti stuff goes to another three people, another three people. You see how that goes? It is a can of worms. Okay. Can of worms, especially if the government that is allegedly in office wants to silence you. Just don't call it spying, but it's not normal at all. It is third world. And as we told you repeatedly, it did happen. Now that has been confirmed. Yesterday, we learned that sources in the so-called intelligence community told at least one reporter in Washington what was in those emails, my emails. There was nothing scandalous in there, thank God. We're happy to report that. Late this spring, I contacted a couple of people I thought could help get us an interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin. I told nobody I was doing this other than my executive producer, Justin Wells. I wasn't embarrassed about trying to interview Putin. He's obviously newsworthy. I'm an American citizen. I can interview anyone I want, and I plan to. But still, in this case, I decided to keep it quiet. I figured that any kind of publicity would rattle the Russians and make the interview less likely to happen. But the Biden administration found out anyway by reading my emails. I learned from a whistleblower that the NSA planned to leak the contents of those emails to media outlets. Why would they do that? Well, the point, of course, was to paint me as a disloyal American, a Russian operative, been called that before, a stooge of the Kremlin, a traitor doing the bidding of a foreign adversary. And of course, I'm hardly the only person who has been accused of those things in the last several years. We've seen this movie several times now. At the same moment, the communist Chinese government increases its already stunning level of control over this country. Our leaders prattle on about the threat of Vladimir Putin. He's an evildoer, they tell us a totalitarian dictator. Vladimir Putin does things that no American leader would even consider. He runs domestic disinformation campaigns. He lies to the public. He punishes people for opposing him or for believing the wrong things. He even uses intelligence agencies to spy on his own citizens beyond the pale stuff. So no decent American would interview Vladimir Putin, at least no reporter from Fox News, that was the point they wanted to make. That's why they planned to leak the contents of my emails to news organizations. And yesterday, as noted, we learned they actually did it. Even now, some in the media are claiming that we deserve this. Emailing with people who know Putin, are you? Of course the NSA is watching you. That's what you get. 
here's the thing. What did I hope you guys didn't miss that? This is this is it. So Tucker was genius to own it publicly and say, yeah, I got emails. I do stuff, but they have no right to use it against them because he didn't do anything wrong. And the fact that you're watching is no big deal. But then he just said all these things that Putin does. Oh my gosh, Putin uses propaganda. Um, hello. Um, what's the state of our nation right now? Right. Oh my gosh, he silences dissidents. Um, what's going on with the cancel culture right now? Oh. Oh my gosh, <laughs> right? All the things that they claim Putin does is exactly what they do, what they do. I'm so proud of him that he had the balls to just own it. Good job, Tucker. But that's hardly the point. By law, the NSA is required to keep secret the identities of American citizens who've been caught up in its vast domestic spying operations. So by law, I should have been identified internally merely as a U.S. journalist or American journalist. That's the law. But that's not how I was identified. Actually, the law would have been that he would have been given a number identifier and no one would know anything. He would be tagged as importance, meaning how high and frequent are communications with foreign sources, internal sources, et cetera, et cetera. Journalists actually get specific category. So he's right in that sense, but his name would not be known. They would be looking at him as, you know, operation one, two, three, four. He should not be identified. I was identified by name. I was unmasked. People in the building learned who I was. And then my name and the contents of my emails left that building at the NSA and wound up with a news organization in Washington. That is illegal. In fact, it is precisely what this law was designed to prevent in the first place. We cannot have intelligence agencies used as instruments of political control. Both parties used to agree on that. Democrats were especially adamant on the point, but not anymore. So that's exactly what is happening here. We need to find out how this happened. Who did it? Who allowed it? Paul Nakasone would know the answer. Paul Nakasone is the highly political director of the NSA. Paul Nakasone would have been required personally to approve my unmasking. <laughs> approve. <laughs> what kind of delusional world do we live in? Did anyone approve of me walking into the State Department and copying all the passport data of all these people that I was tasked to do? No. I walked in there. My credentials allowed me to walk in. I found the computer I needed. I checked the barcode on the computer. I put in the Lacey drive. I copied over the files. I then duplicated that. And then I walked the fuck out. No one gave me authorization. The Secretary of State, Clinton didn't give me the authorization, right? Right? Didn't give me the authorization. The IG didn't give me the authorization. Actually, with this statement that Tucker's making, um, Robert Storch should be all over this. There should be a complaint. But for some reason, people think they work by the book. That's what's so retarded. Or, or, or it never came from the NSA. Maybe it came from where I used to work right? Which is now running under another banner, which now has all these, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> contracts with the DOD. It's like an endless circle of deep swamp. 
I do not believe that anybody understands just how evil works. The minute you think you've found the lowest they could go, damn, I'll tell you, that's a bottomless pit. And this is someone, I'm someone who's telling you this because I had to claw my way out. And not so much like get out. I was pushed out because I showed you a timeline and maybe you could put one and one together with that one. But mentally, um, had to get out of that thought process, acting like that, because they're not bound by any law. They do as they please. What he is saying is preposterous, right? How could they do this? Why would they allow this? Wouldn't he have to sign off with someone declassifying and making public these emails? Correct. But did it come from him is the question. That's Did it come from the NSA or was it an NSA subcontractor of a subcontractor of a subcontractor of a subcontractor that said, hey, look at this. Kind of like, you know, people seeing text and shit. That's how it works. Paul Nakasone should explain who asked for that unmasking and he should do it immediately. Avril Haynes would also likely know the answer. Haynes is the even more political director of, the, of national intelligence. She oversees all of it. She may have approved the unmasking as well. She would certainly know who asked for it and who approved it. That's her job to know. She should release that information immediately, tonight. And if Avril Haynes does not release that information, she should be forced to release that information. We don't have a lot of power as a TV show, but we're going to keep pushing for that because it matters, not just to us, but to the entire country. You can't have a democracy in a place where unaccountable spy agencies keep people in line by leaking the contents of their emails, discrediting them with their own emails, which they thought were private. You can't, it doesn't work if you allow that. And we suspect congressional Republicans will also demand an answer. Many have finally awakened to the fact that the intelligence agencies, which they have blindly supported for so long, are not in fact their friends. They're not the friends of anyone in this country. They're dangerous. That's obvious. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click here to subscribe to Fox News YouTube page. All right. So now just to drill it home, I want you to listen to my words again. Okay. I want you to listen to my words. Dear Tucker Carlson, it's no secret that the deep state isn't what you think. It's deeper. I work with and for the big boys, the ones that tell generals around the world what to do. They create, end, and choreograph many wars and start rumors of wars. I was the best at what I did, and I'm still the best, even without keyholes. There are possibly texts, emails, call records, and pictures of me. I own that. So should you. When you decide to be on the side of the people, you own it, or else you're controlled opposition. Tucker Carlson, I adore your commentary, but I loathe anyone playing cover for them. I never meant to set the world on fire, and I could have started with the fake posers at Fox and Posobiec at OANN, the decoding gang and wannabe journalists, but I chose you. See, there's a thing of when you pick your battles. You've heard this before. There's a thing. You pick 
your battles and you pick the ones that are going to be pulling things out. You pick your battles. And timing is everything, especially when you know and can master a clock. So when I circle back for those claiming you're arrogant, I circle back in order to show you and give you that light so you understand that if I already knew and I told you, I chose you, I already knew I'm going back to that to demonstrate to you that if someone can master the clock, if someone already knows, then why would you think that there's no mitigation in place? Because we've said it's going to get really bad and you're starting to see that. I've already said we've already won. The problem here that we have is that you fall into these pockets of despair. Yes, they're going to bring the soy boys and the Karens to knock on your door. But again, if there is someone out there that's supposedly a nobody, that knows all of these things to the T. I chose you to talk about the surveillance. I chose you. Then what does that mean? It means that there's mitigation. It means that good wins. What do you think? That someone would have a playbook and not use it? Of course. You should always trust the plan. You should trust their plan. And once you have their book, and you command the clock. There is nothing that can stop what is coming. But the impact is dependent on you. Again, someone should reread that a few times to understand it. Therefore, when I see, you know, there's many, many times that, uh, you know, that human side of me just pops out and makes me sad. It does. I get very sad because I feel bad. And I get angry. Why did I have faith if people are going to be sacking me down? Why did I have faith if they're going to be doing this to me? Why did I have faith? Maybe they should just all burn and leave it alone. And then there's that one action, uh, a stupid smiley face someone sends, you know, being trash like that. And, you know, I feel worse, honestly. Uh, and I hate saying honest because that's like me trying to pander for like trust. I really do feel bad at the pain that the people will go through that have climbed so high on that mountain. But there's like a Greek proverb, street Greek po proverb that says, don't ride a pole because it may go up your butt. So we've got a lot of people right now riding poles. <laughs> One misstep. At one point, that pole will go right up there. That is a, a street proverb. <laughs> it's, it says, don't ride a pole. And, um, you know, I see all these people that have hedged their whole lives on some brand that they created and claim that they, they're doing good. And I, in, you know, there's so many times that I'm like, 
I get into like these pockets of, I'm so angry. I want to, you know, just, ah. But then I think, oh man, it's going to hurt so bad later. Because when the truth comes to surface um, of how they attacked really good people, I mean, it's all over for them. It's all over. They won't have anywhere to turn to. They'll be, you know, the people that have caused harm to the truth. And people will look at them and say, it's your fault. We had to go through that when we didn't have to. And this is not just me. I'm saying for a lot. And all the other people that are getting hurt are just like, you watch, you watch. And I say that too sometimes. But I feel so bad thinking of how horrible it's going to be for them. You know, it's just going to be horrible for them. And we're not talking about the commentators, like, do you know, like variety shows, right? Uh, let's see. Um, quite frankly, love that show. This guy just sits there and just talks whatever he wants to. He doesn't claim to have knowledge. He doesn't claim to make claims. He's just himself, right? Totally regular dude putting out content, making content that's super fun. Then you have these, you know, methods, red pills. Oh, let me tell you, I know this stuff. Look at me. Look, look, look. Let me show you. Take this one, connect it with that, and then timestamp that, gematria that, and do this and do that, and then bring it together and mind blown. Those people are going to go down real hard. Real hard really, really hard. See, there's a difference between providing information and content, you know, just to have a conversation and ask questions like, you know, the quite frankly show, which is, uh, you know, the stuff he talks about, I'm like, dude, did you just go there? It's so cool. But then there's these other shows that are like, Oh, wait a minute. I know my shit. You need to listen to me. Or how's this? <laughs> Like that um, Santa person, Santa with the squirrel. She's talking about the quantum financial system. <laughs> what the fuck does she know about that? You got some insider knowledge? It's kind of impossible. Because what if, you know, you're talking shit about the people that are actually building that code? You'd feel real dumb. Really dumb. Like, super dumb. So my suggestion, because I did get a comment from someone, a text from someone yesterday, which was so out of the blue, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, you know, um, that, 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 you know, I said those things about you. I I'm really sorry. And obviously when I posted, I wasn't going to, um, put everything. And I was like, sorry about what? I'm sorry. I said all those things to you. I, I just want to apologize. And I said, what things? Well, you know, the, the whole stolen valor thing and, you know, you being you, the whole thing with the AG. And I was like, really? Well, what got you, you know, thinking different? Well, XYZ, who apparently is someone important, told me that, that you're really not what they say. And I was like, all right, well, why are you apologizing to me? Why don't you apologize to your audience? right? You had that audience and you said that. Why don't you apologize to your audience? 
it's really difficult. Like, what do I say? And I was like, I mean, okay, then just die on that hill then. So I would highly suggest that anyone that has buried whistleblowers, because, you know, it's the same people that talk shit on McAfee. I urge you to go find their past reports and tweets and shit talking down about McAfee are now playing him up, right? Because <laughs> I think I still have a really old DM from CJ Truth telling me, why are you tweeting about this guy? I mean, nobody knows what to make of you because you're tweeting his, him, you know, McAfee when he was talking about children and eating kids. And I was like, uh, you don't get him, but, you know, you're going to get him sooner or later. He's like, no, he's, you know, it was along those lines of that conversation. And it's like, wait a minute. Now you love him? Now you love him? Because you didn't understand him before? Now that you think he's dead, you could say what a great person he is because he fucked the deep state when all that shit was out there anyway? Is that what you're saying? Now that he can't come back and, and speak for himself on the way the media and the supposed truthers, you know, treated him? Really? That's how it works. Well, you'll see. You'll see. See, that's that's the thing. You'll see. The problem with some operations, especially those that are to bring out truth, right, are usually hijacked with good intentions, right? All these hammer truths, praying losers and everything came out and became, oh, listen to me. And then their friends thumped them. So you must think they're important. And they had this big following that was nothing but software giving them the following. And then you had these women or men posing as women, you know, putting up this digital. I know. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they all just suddenly just fucking came out of nowhere and were experts. And they all thumped each other, giving you the illusion that they know what they're talking about. Right. They know what they're talking about and that everyone else is wrong. They were fine talking with Charlie Ward and Scott McKay and Mel K and Mel Q and Kristen and this and that. But the minute that, you know, they all decided collectively we need to oust these people, suddenly they put them to the corner. It was great because their group and their gang was big. But all of them will hang their heads in shame. Every single one of them. And even for treating other people that with good intentions misled people and then stopped. So I think all of you should start polishing up those resumes and make sure that there's no connection to you on, uh, uh, you know, the conservative side because you will be blackballed for a while. And I'm going to tell you that when President Trump comes back to office and you're filing for a job. Those conservatives that are going to be doing the hiring are going to remember what you did. I've said this. Now, there's a lot of people that are sit there and say, well, you um, endorse so-and-so of being this. I've never endorsed anyone. So if anyone's saying that I've endorsed someone, that's a load of shit. You had them on your show. Your point, I had Matt Whitaker on my show. Did I endorse him? I'm just saying. I think people need to reevaluate their source of information or how they process it. Because when reality hits you, it's not going to be pretty. 
it's not going to be pretty at all. It's actually going to be everything but pretty. So let's take a look at what the president said about this lawsuit, because there's a couple of uh, important pieces of information that were missed. Take a listen. It's pretty, pretty good. We have been listening to President Trump, former President Trump, speaking from his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey. He has announced he is President Trump. I mean, foreign President Trump, former President Trump. Leading a class action lawsuit against big tech. In the suit he has filed, he names Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, Google CEO Sundar Pichai, and um, also Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg by name. The president saying um, he's suing them essentially for banning him uh, in the aftermath of the Capitol invasion on January 6th. He says um, their moves were, quote, un-American, unlawful, unlawful and unconstitutional. Um, so far, Twitter has permanently banned the president, no matter what, even if he runs again. They said he's not coming back to the platform. Facebook has taken a slightly different modified approach. He is banned now through 2023, but they may reconsider that decision if they say his account no longer constitutes a threat to public safety. I want to bring in Emily Campagno. She is an attorney, also co-host of Outnumbered. She has kindly been standing by listening to this, uh, to these remarks so that you can break it all down for us. Emily, um, what's your number one takeaway here so far? My number one takeaway is that this class action is based on the premise that these digital platforms are sort of quasi-government institutions that instead of being wholly private, that they've been granted special favors by the government. And Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like so baffled right now. It's not even funny. Didn't we have this conversation how many times that they work for the government, that they have government contracts, that they are the fucking government? How many times did this happen? How many times did this happen? I have a shit ton of articles telling you that Twitter literally in 2009 was used to test how the PSYOP goes in conversations about Bradley slash Chelsea Manning. I wrote the article in 2018, 2019, spelling it out. Did you know that there are certain accounts on Facebook that you can't screenshot? Story coming on that one. That's a baffling one. I thought that Facebook didn't do favoritism, but how is it that certain Saudis and some other people can't screenshot their page? You notice that? Anybody come across a platform like that, use the phone and take a picture. I'll tell you what, because not only screenshot, but on your computer, if you use Clipper, it'll come up as a black screen. Try it. So this happened when I uncovered the um, Obama linked account in Malaysia that was posting shit about people um, signing up for the census. And it was a Malaysian account and had like the foreign minister of South Korea following it. And it was like this little boy, there was a whole trail. And that came up when I found actual child pornography, not links to go to site, but videos embedded in Twitter about showing literal child pornography. It was back in March of 2020. It was there that I found an account in fed in 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 on facebook that linked me up from the foreign minister of south korea and admiral harris 
and um, the DSA director, all of them led me to this one Facebook account of a Qatari and a Saudi that both had protected Facebook accounts. And I'm like, damn, who do you got to be in bed with to get a Facebook account that nobody can screenshot? So weird, super weird. Therefore, do not have that right to exclude right to exclude that a lot of private companies do. Now, I'm basing this on Justice Thomas's dissent in the Biden versus uh, Knights of Columbia case that came out of the Supreme Court earlier this year in April, upon which it's my understanding that this complaint is largely based on. It's that premise that was really developed there and articulated by Justice Thomas that here this team has pounced on to uh, file their lawsuit with. But I want to point out as well for viewers that they understand that a certification of a class action occurs by a judge, meaning you can file a lawsuit as a class action, but it's technically not certified as such until a judge does it. So the first step, obviously, that this lawsuit has been filed we are all looking forward to reading it and dissecting it further. Um, and upon which, once it's taken into consideration, the judge will, in fact, determine whether it does meet the standards for a class action, in which case he or she will certify it or decline to certify it, in mm. which case then it would just be back to that sole plaintiff. So one of the things that he said just now, Emily, was he leveled this claim that during the pandemic specifically, um, big tech and the social media companies became a de facto fourth arm of government. He says he did. they did this. Um, he accuses them of censoring true, real information about the spread of the coronavirus. And he says um, that they also promoted falsehoods from other government officials. Uh, how does that stack up to what you've the case you've made him, you've heard from him in the past. Right. It seems to me that. Oh shit. I couldn't hear Jillian Turner over her fakeness who works and was the vice president of clear of dynology for general Jones. I just, I just couldn't. So if you guys heard that, that's great. Now let me listen to the answer that's going to be part of their argument, right? That not only was this a disparate application in terms of censorship, but frankly, that they were censoring actual true facts and they were allowing to be amplified. This is, again, their allegations here, allowing to be amplified a falsehood. So they're not really applying their own set of standards correctly, uh, fairly to their users, as well as, our, as well as acting as an arm of government. He said that they had been deputized, essentially, so acting as that arm. And I go back again to uh, the 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 Justice Thomas concurrence upon which this is based, where he articulates the fact that when the government has 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 given special favors to uh, quasi-government entities, he calls them like like common carriers, for example, he says that that's when they come out of that private entity space. They again become that quasi-government entity, and that's what the oh shit. I'm pretty sure I used that exact terminology a long, long time ago. But here's what I want you to understand. What they're telling you is what you don't want them to do. Do you know why? Let's see. Facebook and Twitter sell their shit to the government. Now what? <laughs> All your shit is part of the deep state. Your voluntary shit. You see? You see how they cornered you into that little bitch right there? This is why it's important that we have this lawsuit. Because as you argue that they're government, that gives us the opportunity to claim our shit back. But that doesn't mean it's not going to end up on a database. They just won't be able to use it against you unless they want to. 
uh, see how they put you into that corner. This is how it begins. When you see exactly what their plan is, can you see it now? Can you see why the symbol of Ingsoc has been used? Can you see it now? This is what they are doing. They are putting you in a box. This is why they're allowing the discussion. They found the answer. The answer is, all right, let them see them. We'll buy Facebook. We'll buy Twitter. And then Twitter and Facebook and liberals will say it's Trump's fault. <laughs> but if we sue them, we can remove that barrier. We can show that they've been selling the data. We can have that discovery. So this is it. This is where we're at that cusp. Do we let them take over the case? Mm -hmm. Let them take over the case and sell it to the government? Or do we sue them to find out the algorithms and who pushed it and say, oh dear, I think we need to give everyone their data and purge this shit. And then you can sell your algorithms to the, whoever the fuck you want, which by the way, they aren't even yours. They're Chinese. So whatever, actually they're UN, whatever. So this is why I said class, class action suits are very effective because they allow that separation of, do you go into the trap that they set up for you as a backup plan? Or do you go into discovery? And then you get your Rico Suave coming in. This is how you see who is fighting for you and who's the loser. Because when I saw all the losers, um, we're going to file a lawsuit against YouTube and we're all signing on and we need money to do this. You're not going to do shit to YouTube. Have you seen the monster Google is? They've actually imitated quantum tech. And it's so bullshit and pedestrian. Ha uh ha. -huh. But they've imitated it and they're trying. Discovery's a bitch. I mean, like that lawsuit against Alex Jones, Ali Akbar, you know, um, who else? Rob Dew, um, Caitlin Bennett, Haley Kennington, Scott Adams of Red State, freaking all these people. The person, the, 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 the person suing the mask for half a billion dollars. Do you think that the person really wants to have a billion dollars? Sure. Why not? You think they're going to settle for half a billion? No, they're not. But you know, what's fun discovery. And if you couple a cyber forensic FBI investigation into that shit, they're fucked. Discovery is where everything is. See, that's what's fun. This is why when I was talking about my case, why wasn't I allowed discovery? Why wasn't I allowed to depose the AG? See, all these bitches want to talk and claim that they're for freedom, but none of them read that to say, holy shit, this right of hers was violated. This one was violated. They had subpoenas with no cause of action because they felt like it because the law says that he could do whatever the fuck he wants because he feels like it. You know what? When my suit comes through, it's not going to be about me. It's going to be to make sure that nowhere in the United States that remains can anyone ever do that shit again. That's what sucks. 
That when people talk and they don't say, shit, her civil rights were completely derailed. They violated her HIPAA by making her sickness public record. They violated FERPA by making, how, what did one have to do with the other? Nothing, but they did it anyway. They had secret subpoenas because they could with no complaint, complete violation of my rights. Yet all of these people trashing me are supposedly about pro-America. Look at the hypocrisy. Like I said, I have no problem. I have no problem being the target because uh, truth stands on its own two feet. And that's what's disgusting. That while, how many times have I said when someone was violated, even though I don't like them, it's not fair. Their rights were violated. That shouldn't happen. And everybody hated President Trump because he did it by the book to respect other people's rights without fucking them over and doing what the other side keeps doing. They try to force your hand to break the law and bend the rules. That's not the way it's supposed to go. You can't cancel truth. You can't silence truth. I mean, you can talk shit about it all you want. But in the end, boy, it's not going to end well for many people. Shame is one of the biggest things that weighs heavy on someone's heart. When they know that they knowingly and willingly participated. If I'm going to talk shit about someone, you better believe that I checked that out. You better believe that I have the truth behind me. You better believe if I'm going to call them out that I've got something there. Because one thing you should never do, ever, is throw stones. Cast that stone when you've done nothing. Don't throw stones. Don't ever throw stones because that stuff can pretty much do this. Thank you for joining us. Um, I often note I'm going to circle back. I hate to disappoint conservative Twitter, but I am going to circle back on a number of things, as we often do directly. I'll circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Circle back, circle back. That's an excellent question. Circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you, but we will venture to circle back. This is such a good question. I have not had the opportunity to dig into that. I'll circle back. It was a massive dump to this day. Everyone tried to figure out where did it come from. I'm not aware of anything, but uh, we'll circle back. As a mom myself, I want to know all the details. I have to circle back. Come on, man. You know what I mean? I will venture to get you an answer on that, and maybe we can talk about it and we'll circle back. I will have to circle back on that one. But uh, we'll, we'll circle back. But I will have to circle back with you. Let me give you a very specific example. I'll circle back. Circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Circle back. Circle back. That's an excellent question. Circle back. Circle back. I hate to disappoint you, but we will venture to circle back. This president knew back in January. Why didn't he tell us? Why did he warn us? There are a number of ways to combat misinformation. One of them is circle back. You told us that Trump was invincible because he was in a prison, right? I don't really have any predictions for you on that. I can circle back. <laughs> um, let me see if I can get more detail for you on that. Circle back. I signed something saying that if I'm not, I can go out of prison. Did you? We'll try to get to as many questions as possible. I'll circle back. I don't have anything more for you. And that communication has been lacking. Circle back, go back, go back.
turmoil, uh, as, as you know. Let me give you a very specific example. I'll circle back, circle back. I need to disappoint you. Circle back, circle back. That's an excellent question. Circle back, circle back. I need to disappoint you, but we will venture to circle back with all of you. Let's circle back to 2016. Oh, man, I don't have my Twitter. But let me tell you something. When the 2016 elections rolled around, they were so busy playing cover-up, right? There's going to be an article that I'm releasing that will blow your mind. I've told you about the water, and now everyone's like, holy crap, you told us back at the beginning of the year to be careful about the water. And then there were boil orders and water shortages. Well, what if I told you there's tons of people around the world with no water because the Democrats that are in power right now made it so? What if I told you, I mean, everybody knows about the gold mines and the child smuggling. I mean, I did a whole show on, you know, Amber Alert once where I talked about all that stuff. But that's not what's going to wiggle that tooth out because <laughs> it's like fucking pulling teeth with some people. You have to smack them back with some circle back, circle back. I want to own that circle back. That video, I freaking love that video, circle back, circle back. So that's coming this weekend. And I think and uh, something else is going to come this weekend. You're going to see a magical video come out with that. So you're going to see. Now, one thing I wanted to address before we end today's show for the weekend, and I am hoping that I can do a movie night on Sunday, but I am very busy with the expose that I'm putting, is the notion of, like I told you, boot on your face, right? I told you there's going to be a boot on your face. And everyone laughed. <laughs> Wait, here's what you need to avoid. This is exactly what they want. I also told you that it's not the military coming to your door yet. I told you that it's going to be the Karens. And I said, hey, in March and April, you got to be careful because these Karens are the ones that fired up the fucking ovens when the Nazis did it, right? And I meant it. Now you're going to have all your Antifa soy boys and soy girls and Karens coming. Now, first of all, they've all been trained in HIPAA, so they have every right to have your medical records. Second, they will be knocking on your door. Now, JP, love his stuff. But I have to tell you that there's one part that they want you to do and you better not. This is what I want you to watch. It's really funny, but there's one part there. They want this. This is how you get the white and blue helmets coming in. Pay attention. Community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people protected from the virus. Can I help you? Oh, hi. I'm with the Biden administration. Do you have a minute for me to tell you about the non-FDA approved injection we desperately want you to get? Why the hell are you knocking on my door? I'll take that as a yes. We've been reviewing your medical records and it appears as though you haven't gotten the- That's illegal. Indeed. And what they show is you haven't gotten the shot yet. So I'm here on your private property to pressure you into doing so. Letting politicians decide what medicines I take is insane. You're not doctors. You're not even qualified. We're politicians. We like power. And we feel that qualifies us to do whatever we want. It absolutely doesn't. What I put in my body is my choice, and I'll consult my doctor over that because he knows me personally. 
Because it's a medical issue. No, ma'am. This is more of a political issue. You can trust us. You're part of the government and you work for me. And you being here is complete infringement on my rights. You need to read the Constitution. But the Biden administration, we don't believe in the Constitution. It's not really how we want to govern. So you need this shot. The fact that you really want to get this thing makes you look really, really suspicious. Thank you. You don't even know the half of it. And the more you push this thing, the more I doubt the safety. Oh, no. When you look at this spreadsheet with our profit margins, you'll see that what we're working with here is totally safe for business. And the long-term clinical trials of an hour and a half are squeaky clean. You have nothing to worry about. It seems like you just want control. For your protection, yes. Thank you for seeing. We're just looking out for your best interest with our propaganda campaigns, censorship, and now me being here knocking on your door. You're welcome for all that we've been doing. Are people dumb enough to believe that? Some are. Now, I would really like to stab you with this needle and inject what's in it that you have no control over into your body. Absolutely not. I kind of just want to do it anyway. My body, my choice, you creep. That's not the way we see it. At the Biden administration, we look at it as your body, our choice. It's kind of a Bill Cosby-inspired mentality we've adopted. Get off my property now. Get the f*** off my property. No. I don't understand. Are you saying you don't want the shot that you've chosen not to get? Wait. While I'm here, do you mind if I confiscate all your guns? Go ahead and try. Now, I did that whole show about the Arab Spring. You guys can now see it. This is exactly what they want. Exactly what they want. In fact, yesterday, so creepy. So creepy. They ask, circle back lady, well, what about people that have ring doorbells and stuff? They'll see them coming. She's like, well, you know, if you have like digital stuff, I guess, you know, you won't open the door. That's why I said, hey, sometimes this, you know, this spying stuff is not so bad. I have them all over my house. I've got Google Homes, Alexas. They can watch me naked, sitting on the toilet, showering, you know, shaving my, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care because it protects you. The Arab Spring is what they're going to pull. Remember, it was that one old guy that they beat up and arrested that got everyone triggered. Well, it's going to be that one person that's going to be triggered when they open the door and so upset about their rights being violated. That's all they need. It only takes one to kick off an Arab Spring. This is why I get frustrated with all these losers that have actual platforms that can tell and educate the people how to avoid these traps. Instead, they've just released to you the graphene oxide we've been talking about for forever and a day. And now everyone's going down that rabbit hole because they want you to be upset about it. They want you to be terrified about it. Pay attention. This is how they psyop you. I live in an apartment, so I can't have a no solicitation sign. But I do have a ring peephole. I can't have a doorbell, but you know, you can undo your peephole and get a peephole. That's all you need, a peephole. If you have a peephole in your door for like 70 bucks, you can get a Wi-Fi connected peephole where you can see everything. It's a doorbell slash peephole. 
and it doesn't cause any damage to your door. It doesn't need any wiring. You charge it. It's a spy device, but you can use it for now to avoid the conflict. Because if you're someone that gets hot headed, you want to step away. And this is the importance of it. This is what they want. It's only going to take one. And you're going to watch it happen. It's only going to take one. Watch it happen. And this is what they're doing. Think, why is it now? This is why I always ask the question. Why is it now that they're telling you about what's in the vaccine? Why is it now that people discovered what's in it? We've been talking about it for a while. So none of my listener base, and thank goodness it's about half a million, right? Why is it now that they're sharing this information with you? Why is it now that they're telling you things we've already discussed? Why is it now that all of this is coming out to light? Why now? Because they want you to be scared. They want to gaslight the fuck out of you. So when they knock on your door, you're already triggered. So when I tell you that there are people that are knowingly and willingly participating in this psychological warfare against you, believe it. Believe it because you can see it. But there are people that are unknowingly participating because they want fame, clout, fortune, notoriety, followers. You see, this is why I don't like people. Because this is what they are getting at. They're allowing the underground to, to come up. I'm not saying that they're willing, knowingly doing this, but they are willingly partaking. Again, we knew about graphene. We talked about graphene. And like I've told you, you have no idea how bad it's going to be. And it's because of their egos. It is because of their me, 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 me. You have to, when information comes to you, what you have to think is, is it the right time to talk about it right now? See, because if all these people had taken the information about graphene years ago, because do not mistaken, the majority of them have it. And all of them listen to Tori says anyway, so they can find content to talk about. You, do you think I don't have their IPs? They think that they can hide behind VPNs? Stop. I see everything. I just put limitations sometimes because there's more evil right now around me than there is good. And I just don't want that to hamper me because it gets me really, really bitchy. And I, I'm not very nice when I'm angry. Definitely not very nice. And then I start crying about how not nice I am. <laughs> so like I said, this is a very hot summer. Very hot summer. And you have to ask yourself why they're talking about it now. Why now and why not before? This is why it's your job to educate the masses. It is your job to spread the word. It's your job to keep them alert <laughs> when they say, well, this didn't, but Tori already talked about it. Why are you talking about it now? Oh, because everybody else is talking about it. No fucking shit. That's how psyops work. They need other people to verify other people to verify other people. There you go. When the truth was already there. That's what's up. It's so sad.
The pain that you're going to go through is because they betrayed you. The people that you trusted betrayed you. So many are like, well, then why is Trump like verifying, like push the vaccine? Because um, if he didn't and there was no vaccine under him, under emergency authorization, every single one of you would have been tied down and stabbed or thrown into a FEMA camp. You have no idea what he prevented. So again, I say, one, you should ask them why, oh, I don't watch what she says. Well, that's a lie. Well, we've brought that to your attention. Yeah, who's she? She? She's the one that has been telling the world what it is and you ignored her and slandered her. No, you know what? Nobody cares. I don't give a shit. Actually, I don't. No one's going to tell me who I am. No one's going to do anything. I've got, I've got like seven more years to go. I'm good. I'm totally good. Thing is, why are you all talking about graphene now? All at once. So weird that this information is coming. That's what I'm trying to point out to you. That this information was out there. They refused to speak about it. And now they are bombarding it to you to terrorize you rather than educate you to terrorize you and tell you how bad it is because in their mind, you need to avoid it at all costs. And I am not disagreeing with that. But by talking about it right now, as people are going to be knocking on the doors, we're going to have the UN come in and it's going to start with Pennsylvania. So God bless everyone. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll connect on a uh, telegram for sure. For now, stay frosty and try to find that still within you and discernment and keep asking, well, why am I being told this now? I can't be canceled. There's no way that you can stop me. Fully independent. There's no label who can drop me. Y'all been starting rumors. Let me help you with some. Yo. He's a racist. He's a sexist. He's a Y'all can't cancel me, my life is scandal free There ain't no sponsors taking losses cause the brand is me My hands are clean, my family and my fans agree Y'all can't cancel me for facts because you're mad and weak Go ahead and tell the world I'm ugly and racist I braid my hair and I don't care about cultural appropriation I moved to the ghetto, lived in the ghetto, there's no Caucasians And still I love every single one of my neighbors How's a man say I'm clickbait? If he gonna use this face to get clicks on his page Y'all hypocrites up me But I ain't tripping about these bullies, it ain't sixth grade Go ahead and diss me trying to sell a couple mixtapes I'm not afraid, take my face and my name, paste it on the front page I'm already famous and you'll never change it by hating or claiming you'll take it away My crime, wicked, write my rhymes different, you can try to quantify the fine limits There's a dying gimmick and denying winning, this is pure fire, this ain't white privilege I do what I want, get all the Gucci and Louis Vuitton Out of my closet, out of my crib, I do not want it, that is for kids That is for rappers who ask you to produce their beats for free, pretending I lie like they rich I am not playing safe, I said what I said, it is what it is I don't care if you're mad at me, okay? Go ahead and change the channel. No wasting time trying to cancel me. They love me because they know that I'm it. 
Everybody knows my name from local folks to global fame. I'm vocal about the social justice movements. I expose the fakes, turn rappers into ghosts and graves. Make no mistake, they bones will break. I'll throw them in the wolf enclosure. Slowly turning clothes to catch acres full of sheep. You know that I'm the only goat. I'm great. They spoke my name to mostly hate. I don't complain. I'm woke. I wait. I total focus. Soldier about the art of war. No every page. I'm numb to all the dumbness. Smoke tobacco laced with Novocaine. I won't behave. I stoke the flames. I'll choke their throats with golden chains. Use vocal cords of skipping ropes and jump. I am soaked in brains from open plains to coastal waves to solar rays in open space. Can't find nobody dope unless you poke your veins and start cocaine. Whoa, y'all can't cancel me. Just get mad that I'm the man until you smash the screen. Like, whoa, I can handle heat. I walk through hell in open sandals drinking gasoline. Yeah. Could have been a star, could have had a mansion and a car, and a Grammy album on the charts. I'm a savage, Randy with the bars. I don't rap about panics, goddammit, can't cancel facts. We need answers, championing trash to the masses, actually massively damages. Yo, keep trying to cancel me. Yo, I own the master, so yo, I make the beats, I write the songs, I own the cameras. Yo, could have been famous, dumb my music down to its basic. Get it on the hottest Spotify playlist, modify my catalog with all mainstream. Yo.